Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Of course, when we talk about praise, praise is more than just the posture of our arms. It's, it's more than just how we look on a Sunday morning. Praise is not just about music. It's not just about singing. It's something that God calls for us to offer him with our lives. Praise is a posture of the heart, a place that we live in, but it often shows itself with, ha- with what we do, with what we say, with how we sing. And uh, this morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I want to turn our attention, uh, turn our attention through to a, a few scripture verses. Psalm 150 and verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord, or oh, you guys are onto it today. Let everything that has breath, everything, praise the Lord. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. We were created to praise, actually. We were made that way. Do you know God had designed you in such a way that, uh, that to praise him will do something in us, which is more than just a physical experience. Because praise, actually, it's emotional and even more so a spiritual act. We are called and we are compelled by God to come and praise me. Why? Because he's worthy. Isaiah 43 verse 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, whom I created for my glory, God says. Why were we created? For his glory, not our own. But for his glory, later on, Isaiah 43, it says, The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. We were created for his glory, And the praise, the expression of our hearts is fulfilling the mandate for the whole of the universe. Not just humanity, but all of creation screams, glorifies, and honors God. We get to come around him and appreciate him and adore him and honor him and magnify him. So when we are called and invited, let's say on a Sunday or when we've got some worship music playing in the car or when we're at home and we just sense that, 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 that prompting of the Spirit to offer him, Lord, I love you. Thank you. I bless you. Something actually happens within us. It's not just empty words. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this first point down. Praise brings fulfillment and joy. 
praise brings fulfillment and joy. It brings joy and fulfillment. Every time that we obey a prompting, a directive of God, every time we step forward into that, we are moving forward in a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment in Him. To disobey, we will end up dissatisfied. But to obey, we become more satisfied. And so if we were created for a certain purpose, not that God needs it, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't just need our praise. He doesn't need our glory. He invites us to give it to him. And it's not just because he deserves it, though that he does. It's for our benefit. When we are not feeling it, have you ever not felt like praising? Well, praise him anyway. We're not just when you're on the top of the mountain. When you're down in the dumps in the valley, praise him. When your heart is discouraged, praise him. When your heart is uplifted, Praise Him when you're doing well at work or with your friends, when you're doing work on the sporting ground as you're playing, as you're socializing. Praise Him. And when you're feeling like life sucks, praise Him. Because praise goes beyond the current status of our lives. Praise is not about us. Praise is about Him. As what it says in Isaiah, Excuse me, in Psalm chapter 42 and verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my Lord. I shall again praise him. C.S. Lewis wrote a great book. You've heard me quote about C.S. Lewis before, particularly in this. He he, he struggled a little bit when he was reading uh, through the Psalms. He wrote a book called Reflection on the Psalms. And one of the challenges he had is continually in, in the Psalms, there was a constant call to praise God. He's like, why does God need this? He kept asking that question. Why should God always call for us to praise him? Like, like, like he needs our affirmation? Does he actually need that? And he really struggled to contend with that. Um, he notes that the world constantly, though, praises, not just God. It doesn't have to be religious. We are, we are by nature, the way that God has made us, we praise one another. We praise things. We praise sporting teams. Not much this last year. We praise cricket teams. Not much this year either. <laughs> we praise rugby teams. Not much this year either. You're not doing too well, are we? Right? But what we do is there is something intrinsically built in us to offer praise and to celebrate and to acclimate and to extol that which we appreciate, that which we love, that which we adore. But why? Why do we do that? He says this, I hadn't noticed how the humblest and at the same time most balanced and capacious minds praised most, while the cranks, the misfits and the malcontents praised least, except where intolerably adverse circumstances interfere. Praise almost seems to be inner health made audible. And I've got the quote for you. You can read up on the screens. I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? 
the psalmists, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. My whole more general difficulty about the praise of God depended on my absurdly denying to us as regards the supremely valuable, what we delight to do, what we indeed can't help doing about everything else we value. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. Think about that for a second. When we praise and we invite others to praise what we appreciate, what he is saying is it completes our sense of joy. There is a sense of consummation, of, of fulfillment, expression of desire. So when we say, come, let's praise the Lord. Come, let's talk about his goodness. Come, let's celebrate what he's done. Come, let's, let's, let's consider and celebrate the cross. We are together looking to consummate that sense of fulfillment and joy. And so for us, we know that praise brings fulfillment and joy. Psalm 69 verse 29 to 30 says, But I am afflicted and in pain, so I don't feel like praising. Now he doesn't say that. But I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will magnify him. So I praise him and I can magnify him. Yvonne, can I borrow your glasses, please? Bunny, can you grab those glasses? Let me see. Let me try this. You wear glasses for reading, don't you? I should have got blokes' glasses. I realize I've chosen a lady. Oh, my goodness. Now, okay. Oh, my word. Um, so... Does it help my... Re oh, it actually does. I might need glasses. Oh, my word. All of a sudden, things have come into focus. The words are bigger. That's what magnifying actually does. That's what a magnifying glass does. It helps us to see better by bringing closer your perception of reality. So the second point is this, that praise reminds us who God is. It reminds us, it doesn't change God. Thank you. It reminds us who God is. That's what praise does. It also reminds us, I've got in my notes, but not on the screens, who God is not. I'm not God. And you're not God. But when I praise God, it reminds me of who he really is just like the psalmist says though i'm afflicted in pain let your salvation O god set me on high i will praise the name of god with a song i will make a choice to rejoice i will i'm not going to wallow around in pity i'm going to make a decision to praise you i come to a sense of surrender as we heard before I will magnify him with thanksgiving. 
So when we praise him, we must remember this. That praise is actually a secret weapon. It's one of those weapons of our warfare. The Bible says that we wage not war according to flesh and blood. We know that, don't we? And Ephesians tells us that. And 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So if I am in fact in a spiritual battle right now, I don't want to fight a spiritual battle by carnal means. I don't want to fight a spiritual battle in the physical realm. I want to know what are the weapons of the warfare that I can use and employ in my life? What are they? Two key ones, prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. Always remember that. Prayer and praise. We spend some time this morning praying for one another, but we also spend some time praising. I love the song, 10,000 Reasons. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I want to finish with that at the end, if we can, please. That's taken from Psalm 103. Bless the Lord. That's a song of praise. It takes my eyes off me and it reminds me that I'm not God, but God is. It reminds me of what he's done for me. It reminds me of how good he is. It reminds me of his loving kindness. It reminds me of his faithfulness. It reminds me of his steadfastness. It reminds me of the way that he endures and stands with me, even in spite of me. That my relationship with God is so much richer because it's based more on him than it is of me. Because if my relationship with God was based on me, man, it will not be very good at all. That I can tell you. God is too good. How can I not be caught up in praising him? It's a weapon. And I wonder if it's often an underused weapon that when we have the opportunity to praise, just to say, Lord, I love you. Thank you. Bless you. I worship you. That's, that's a praise. When we offer that, when, when I offer it, though, I'm actually enacting a weapon. It's a weapon. Praise is a weapon. I, a few weeks ago, shared at the team night in brief from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Let's turn there together. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It's really quite a remarkable story of Jehoshaphat. And Wes, because of time, I'm not going to go through the whole chapter, but I will jump through a little bit. To paint the picture there, Jehoshaphat was a good man, a good leader. But he was about to come under siege. He was up against it. Have you ever been up against it? You feel like you're under siege. What do you do? Who do you call? Who do you talk to? What decisions do you make? What do you purchase? What do you sell? What do you give up? What do you let go of? What do you take on? What happens? Well, let's have a look at what happened here. I'm going to start off in verse uh, 3. It says, Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, which is a natural response. And he set his face to seek the Lord. That's a good thing to do when you're in trouble. 
I want, I want that to be the first thing that I do, not the second or the third or the last, but the first thing. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Judah assembled to seek help from the neighboring nations, from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. What are they doing there? They're, 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 they're clearly reminding themselves of who God is and they're saying, God, it's you. You are the one that has all authority. It's all about you goes on did you not our god drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people israel and give it forever to the descendants of abraham and your friend and they have lived in it have built for you in its sanctuary for your name saying if disaster comes upon us the sword judgment or pestilence or famine we will stand before this house and before you for your name in this house and cry out to you and in our affliction and you will hear and save he goes on and at home maybe go and read the next few verses Really important thing. So they're praying. They're setting their face to God. They're reminding themselves and God of his authority and that they're his. It's not a bad thing to remind God. Not that he forgets, but to bring it up in the context of a loving relationship. And then it says this down in verse 12. Oh God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this horde that's coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So when we are surrounded, when we are under attack, when we are faced with affliction, it's important to note the opposition. But where must our eyes be? Our eyes are fixed on you. We set our face like a slint to you we come to you lord humbly knowing that you are god of all gods and our eyes are set on you we don't know what to do i don't know what to do here that's the context here and then he continues it continues it says meanwhile all judah stood before the lord with their little ones their wives and their children it's a family affair and the spirit of the lord came upon jehaziel the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Metaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And watch this in verse 15, it says this, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but God's. Maybe that's a message for someone here today. The battle belongs to the Lord. Maybe that's a word for me. I'll take that one, put it in my pocket. Chew on that for a few days. Verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they'll come up by the ascent of Ziz. You'll find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. What? What do you mean? 
Someone's stoned their prophet. What do you mean we're not going to need to fight? They're coming against me. Sure. Are we getting a bit super spirit right now? God's going to take care of it all for you now. Well, that's, that's what happened. You won't need to fight in this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. That's what they're doing. They're not sharpening up their swords. The bows and arrows weren't mentioned. Shields weren't discussed. They all down before the Lord worshipping and the Levites, the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel with a very loud voice. It wasn't a kumbaya moment. Very loud voice. Sometimes a bit of volume doesn't go astray when we're worshipping and praising. I know we can let the music team do all the praising and the worshipping, but there's something when we do it together. When we let what's going on in our hearts come out of our mouths with a bit of gusto and conviction. Amen or ouch? Come on, it's getting quiet in this Anglican church this morning. Amen or ouch? They rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Believe in the Lord your God and you'll be established. That's just a call to faith. All he's saying is, hey, guys, have faith. Believe. Trust in God. And then you'll be established. It all comes down to faith. Believe his prophets and you'll succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army. So we had the praise team go before the army. What? Well, because the warriors didn't want to get hurt. So they thought, oh, just get the worship team out there. Let them get slaughtered first. That's one of the reasons why when we come together for the, for the holy assembly, we start off with a sense of, praising and worshipping and we can rock up with our coffees Johnny come lately and just have a look let's see what's going on who's on worship today oh I don't like that guy oh not that lady oh not that song again because praise is about him the type of the song the style I, I hope that God's honoured with it not me Understandably, there are certain songs and styles that connect our hearts with God, but He is the audience. We sing, we praise, we adore for an audience of one. And so watch this, it says, They went before the army, and, and this is what they said, Give thanks to the Lord for His steadfast love endures forever. That was, that was the praise song that they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. For his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, when they began to sing and praise, 
the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. What's going on there? What's going on? There's an ambush. The Lord set up a holy ambush that as they praised God, there was clarity for God's people, but confusion for the opposition. When we praise, it confuses the enemy. A confusion. Remember, we're in a spiritual battle. Don't We know that, don't we? Okay. So when we start to praise, it reminds us who God is. And it also sends out a, a confusion amongst our opposition. That's exactly what's happening here. Because as they are praising, what they're doing is this. They're establishing a spiritual authority. They are saying, in this moment, in this sphere, I am bringing down and I am declaring that God has authority. When your opposition comes against you, I submit to you, brothers and sisters, praise God and declare his authority over your situation, over that relationship, over that circumstance. Declare it. Sing praise. God, I know what this looks like. It doesn't look good. I'm up against it, but, but I'm set on you and I praise you. I honor you. I worship you. And the Bible tells us that they can bring about a confusion in the opposition. Things happen when we praise. We see something happen in Joshua chapter 6 at the Battle of Jericho. Both clarity and confusion would have been happening here at Joshua chapter 6. I've been to Jericho. I did a unit in biblical archaeology. It's, it's amazing to see the archaeological ruins of that walled city and which part had come down, which, which had not, and how it was taken. But God put a call out, this, this walled city that could not be penetrated. And he called for his people to walk around the city of Jericho every day for six days. They had trumpets once a day for six days. Can you imagine after the first day doing that and the people inside the city going, what the dickens is going on out there? But then day two comes along, they do the same. Uh, what's going on out there? Day three, day four, day five, day six. They would have thought that it was crazy. I mean, this is, this is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. But out of obedience and with a sense of faith in God, they then get to the seventh day, go around seven times, blow the trumpets in praise and celebration. And then as they were called to, they shouted. They didn't whisper. They shouted. There was something in them. They shouted and the walls came down. God's people knew what they were doing. Jericho had no clue. 
When things don't make sense to you, praise Him anyway. Let your confusion be moved to clarity and let your opposition end up being confused. It is a weapon. Praise is a weapon and it's no good hanging up inside the shed if we can't pull the weapon out and use it. Let it come out. Let it come from your mouth. Declare it. Say it. Speak it. Let his authority come forward with conviction. It says, when Judah came to the watchtown, verse 24 of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. No one. All they did was they praised. Jump down to verse 28. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for God gave him rest all around. So we see as a weapon, it's to be used also, though, it pulls down the strongholds. That's what we know. It pulls down the strongholds. Jericho was taken down. You know the stronghold. There, there, there's another story in Acts chapter 16 and verse, can we go verse 25 and verse 26, please? Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. You know the story about uh, Paul and Silas. Many will know this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing sad, pitiful songs to God. What about me? It isn't fair. He says, as the Bible says, they were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. I love that. The profession from our mouth, even, even when we're prophetically praising and we're speaking things that are not as though they are, and we're, we're stepping forward in faith. When that happens, you know some people are actually watching. People are listening. My girls um, often make comment to me about what they hear come from my mouth. And one of my girls, I, I didn't know that I did this. Okay, I didn't know that I did this. But one of my girls was trying to take the mickey out of me this week. How dare they? Yet I will praise you. Trying to take the mickey out of me because when one of the songs come up, one of the girls goes to the other two girls, hey girls, who am I? Oh, this is such a good song. Oh, I love you, Lord. Oh, this is a great one. Girls, listen to this one. This is powerful words. I thought, what are you talking about? Do I see that? Dad, you do it all the time. The other two start piping up. It's like they smell blood in the water, so they're going to jump on that one now, right? And I thought to myself, you know what? No, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I realized in that moment that my girls are listening to me. 
They're listening, so I've got to be careful. But see, the mouth will always speak what the heart is full of. And if my heart is full of him, but if it's full of junk, so Lord, help me deal with the junk. Because there is a bit of junk in there. I'm going to bring it to the cross. And Lord, do some heart surgery on me. The prisoners were listening to them in verse 26. Says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. As the music team comes, thank you. They were serving God, Paul and Silas. They, they were actually acting in obedience. They were thrown in prison. And uh, it was midnight. It would have been the deepest, darkest part of the prison in time of the night. And what are they doing? They're not whining. They're not whinging. They're not complaining. But they're praying and they're praising. Because they didn't look at the circumstance. They, they did what I, I sometimes fail to do. But I say, God, I'm doing this for you. And what about that? How can you let this happen? What did I do? That's with my eyes set on me. I've got to go, God, yet my eyes are fixed on you. I thank you. I bless you. I love you. And in doing so, strongholds come down. Because praise is a weapon. It's a weapon, people. And when we have the Spirit of God living in us, the Spirit of God leads us, moves us, graces us, empowers us to look at the finished work of the cross and say, thank you, Lord. And I don't praise him to get victory. I praise him because I have it in him. I praise from a place of victory, not for a place of victory. We have the victory in Jesus. And because of what he's done, we can bless him. Bless him. We can bless him always. So perhaps this morning you're in a place of pity, self-wallow. It's not wrong to feel moments where you need to lament and sadness and sorrow. This is natural. This is, our, this is part of fallen humanity to feel what it is and not deny it. But God says, don't stay there because I am with you. And what I have for you is too great for you to handle if you stay in the seat of despair. Bad things happen. Terrible things happen. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's not. But I tell you what, I refuse to become a victim of the past. I choose to become product of the cross he's too good for me to just ignore he's too good for me to not praise to not bless him if you will would you stand up together we're going to sing a song of praise as we sing this i want to ask you church where can you praise it where can you sing where can you extol where can you declare of his goodness over what part of your heart or life or situation. We can sing together generally, but maybe there's um, 
a crevice or a crack in your heart where you're feeling a bit of doom and gloom, where you need direction, where you're feeling opposition. Let's pull out the weapon of praise and praise Him anyway. Let's praise Him. Let's honor Him. Let's declare Him together. Are you ready to do it, church? Let's raise our hands as an act of surrender. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and it's because of you, King Jesus, that we get to praise. We get to honor. We get to magnify. We get to bless your holy name. Lord, we choose to remember the things you've delivered us from, the things you've saved us from. You've overcome sin and Satan and hell and death for us. And we say thank you for that. Thank you for a future inheritance that we have sealed by your Holy Spirit. We bless you. We magnify you. We praise you for that. We thank you for wholeness. We thank you for peace and joy and life in the Holy Spirit. We can't get that from anyone else or anywhere else. We bless you for it. But Lord, now for particular moments personal to us, we choose to lift you up in Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com. Dot au.